2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites.
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your
2: free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: This Veterans Day, Blinds.com salutes the heroes who served our nation. Honoring them by passing along huge savings to everyone, up to 50% off-site-wide. Holiday savings start right now, during our Blinds.com Veterans Day Sale. From blinds, drapes, and shutters, to convenient motorized shades, Blinds.com makes upgrading your whole home easy and affordable. And Blinds.com has all the latest styles, fabrics, and materials to choose from to make your home look its best this season. Need help making a selection? Our design experts are always here for live consultations. Need help measuring or installing? We've got you covered there too. Plus, everything's backed by Blinds.com's 100% satisfaction guarantee. See for yourself why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Shop the Blinds.com Veterans Day Sale now through November 11th and save up to 50% off everything. Get up to 50% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you're feeling down and having trouble getting up in the morning, here's a tip. Brush your teeth. That's it. Often when we wake up, our brains go into planning mode, which leads to overthinking and stress before our head even leaves the pillow. Something simple like brushing your teeth can break that cycle and jumpstart your day. This tip was brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy, which connects you with a licensed therapist via video, phone, or online chat. Visit BetterHelp.com and save 10% on your first month.
0: We've got
2: our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception the Show. All right, welcome everybody to Reception Perception the Show. I am not James Coe. We got no James Coe tonight. Um instead. Hi, Matt Harmon. I'm still me. I'm just on the other end of this thing. I'm Matt Harmon, and instead, we get to be joined by Alex Gelhar. Gelhar, welcome back to the show, buddy. How are we doing? Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks
4: for having me. Uh, apologies in advance to the listeners. Uh, probably the downgrade from James to you at host, and then massive downgrade from you to me at analyst. But we're going to do our best here. We're going to plug it out, you know, NFC South style and, and see what happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, there has to be a first place team in the NFC South. There has to be a show even without James. Um, that's just wow. the way these things go. Look, we've already got dogs on the show, too. Now we're off to a rockin' start. Oh, my God. What a beautiful, what a beautiful, beautiful show. Okay. Let's get right into this, Galhar. First thing I want to talk about today, A.J. Brown's absolute eruption spot against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, three touchdowns, that's cool enough, right? But the way he scored those three touchdowns, all of them on go routes, all of them doing like kind of the things that I think most casual folks don't expect out of A.J. Brown because, you know, we, we could dive into this a little more. He shined so brightly and like – the yak moments and like 50, 50 balls and stuff like that. But just the way he won against uh, the Steelers was incredibly impressive to me. Um, Where were you at on like AJ Brown as a a fantasy guy coming into this year? And what's been kind of your takeaway about his season so far, but especially that game uh, here in week eight.
4: Yeah. So coming into the season, I was optimistic, but a little concerned about the target share with Devonta Smith being there, Dallas Goddard and Putting all of this on the shoulders of Jalen Hurts, you know, we hadn't really seen him prove it in an offense where he was going to sling it uh, with this level of frequency. But I think you're right. The way that A.J. Brown is winning and they're using him is so fun to watch because if you just think back or, like, picture in your mind, like A.J. Brown highlights, like you said, it's like him catching a slant or a dig and then breaking three or four tackles and just, you know, ripping off down the field for 70 yards. But some of those touchdown passes uh, last night or yesterday where he was winning Like you said, on go routes and Hertz was hitting them on beautiful balls down the sidelines. It was awesome to see and like frightening for opposing teams that you know (laughs) AJ Brown has developed this new skill. And I I was thinking about the same thing when you had put this on the rundown. So I pulled up his RP numbers and last year he only ran a nine route on you know twelve point two percent of his uh routes that you charted, which was a lower number. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what the numbers are this year per in season, but just that he's doing that type of route and being successful on it is is kind of frightening and, and really cool to see him add that to his game because it was not what was anticipated uh, when I was first looking at this move.
2: Yeah, like vertical outside the numbers stuff, that's actually more of like Devontae Smith's game. Even though you know we think of he's the skinnier guy, he's like a pure separation receiver, but really there were a lot of moments, uh, at least as a rookie, where you know, Hertz and Devontae Smith hit on those plays. So, and we've actually seen that plenty this year too, right? Like we've seen Devonte Smith's shine in the, in the vertical game, but the fact that AJ Brown um, did what he did against the Steelers in that fashion, like it, it made it all the more impressive for sure, because I think what is underrated about AJ Brown is how good of a separator he is. And that's like the big reason why I wanted to talk about him because, you know, last year you brought up the reception perception data, great website. People should check it out. Receptionperception.com. If you haven't heard of it so far, well, welcome to the show. I don't know what the hell you're doing here. If you've never heard of the website, but last year he was third in success rate versus man coverage. He's been like top five in success rate versus man and press in uh, 2021 and 2020. Like, he gets open against man and press coverage at the rate of guys that are like Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams, you know, especially Diggs, like a smaller receiver like that. But Brown has always been up there. So in a way, I think he's actually, you bring up like like the Stefan Diggs part of it. He really is kind of being lifted to sort of a higher tier of wide receivers by this move that's been made him going from Tennessee to philadelphia
4: yeah it's uh it's super fun to watch and you could always tell he was a great separator but it seemed that his skill set more naturally uh provided for like those in-breaking routes where he could use his size and physicality a little more but some of the ones that might take a little more nuance like getting open on the go routes or some more subtle moves you know at the break point or the stem uh it's cool to see him doing that stuff now and like i said just absolutely terrifying for the the rest of the nfc
2: and the beautiful part about this offense for fantasy dude is like they don't get anybody else involved. Like, there's occasionally a Zach Pascal play, whatever, but like, it's Jalen Hurts, it's AJ Brown, it's Devonte Smith, it's a little bit Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders, but like, that's it. There's no little like ancillary players that, like, oh, this guy's gonna steal a touchdown or something like that. For the most part, it's just the dudes. And we love those type of offenses for fantasy.
4: We absolutely do. There's no Alexander Madison coming in on the goal line to steal your <laughs> oh, Dalvin Cook that's touchdown that. every other week. Uh, I say this not as somebody with uh, some shares of Delvin Cook this year, but uh, no, it is great for fantasy. It is great for fantasy to see a concentrated offense. And it's just a fun offense to see, man, the way they're using their pass catchers, the way they're you know exploiting Jalen Hurts' athleticism in the ground game and elsewhere. it's uh, It's been fun to watch. I had my doubts about Nick Sirianni, but the way he and his offensive yeah. staff have kind of uh, made adjustments to that offense midway through last year and then just like kicked it up a notch to 11 this year has been really fun to watch.
2: I'm glad you brought up Sirianni because I think this is always how these things happen, right? Like the whoever the good teams are from a previous season, everybody sort of tries to do the copycat thing. Like they try to take the lessons from there. And I think we can actually kind of get ahead on it here with the Eagles. And I think there's two ways. And we'll we'll come back to the AJ Brown part of it. As so you brought up Nick Sirianni, I think it kind of goes underrated that Nick Sirianni was a guy that got there and I believe immediately was like, I'm going to call plays. Like I'm going to do, um, I'm going to be that offensive guy, like the Sean McVay, the Kyle Shanahan, even though he had come from Indianapolis where Frank Reich calls the plays. And then it was about midway through. I don't remember exactly when like it transitioned to, he was no longer going to call plays, but now like Shane Steichen, their offensive coordinator is their play caller. And Steichen's a guy that has a long history. You know, he was in LA at certain point or, probably san diego at certain points with the chargers uh yeah it's hard to keep that track of that but you know he has that history kind of in his back pocket um so was able to just step into that role and i really do wonder man because you look at some of these teams that have the offensive minded guy like with that in his back pocket um but the guy that's not calling the plays like a nick sirianni the eagles are really really good at game management you know, like they're really they're really good in those situations. And I feel like for head coaches that call plays and also do the in-game management stuff. Like they also got to be somewhat involved in the defensive side of the ball. You, you'd think um, it just feels like a lot to juggle. And I wonder if we'll see like a trend of offensive minded head coaches when they get hired. because Everybody wants to hire that guy. Like maybe they give those up so that they can master other areas because Sirianni has kind of been that so far.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy
4: Yeah, I mean, as much as every offensive coordinator who gets hired wants to prove that they're the next Kyle Shanahan, they're not Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Uh, you know, his uh, disciple, and even um, Shanahan,
2: even Shanahan struggles in like the game management stuff sometimes. Like, there's still a lot of conservative decisions there. There's still a lot of that type of stuff. Same with McVay in LA. Right. I was just gonna you know,
4: but I think more often than not, the uh Shanahans of the world, as rare as they are, they probably give you a game to game, you know, down to down advantage. But yes. another example for what you're talking about, we're getting a little sidetracked, but is the Lions with Dan Campbell. You know, he just doesn't do any play calling. You never see him with the play sheet. That's all oh my god, what's his name? Ben Johnson or whatever. Yep. And their offense, without as much talent as the Eagles, still for a good chunk of the year has been one of the better units in the league. So perhaps that would be something more you see more coaches do because if they're not going to give you a distinct advantage in the in the play calling down to down stuff like that and then pass that off because you've got so much else you need to focus on.
2: Yeah, I think Andy Reid, actually, the longer he's been in Kansas City, too, has passed off more and more duties to Eric Bieniemy as well. I mean, I know that's always like a talking point when Bieniemy comes up in the head coaching discussions, like, well, he doesn't call the plays. Like, watch watch some Kansas City Chiefs games sometimes. Like, there are definitely times where he's got the play sheet. There's definitely um, some moments there. But obviously, there's been a lot of not successful hires off the Andy Reid coaching tree. In uh, Brian Dayball, the best example of it right now, like Dayball is – a true blue offensive coordinator, you know, has called plays forever. Um, was the mastermind, the offensive coordinator of the Bills' offense. Uh, ever heard of it? Pretty good unit there. And what does he do as soon as he gets to to New York? He passes that off to Mike Kafka, who obviously comes from that same Andy Reid coaching tree. And the, I mean, nobody's the Giants' offense is really good, man. With again a unit without a lot of talent. Kick off NFL
1: season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. All you got to do is place your first $5 bet. Sign up with promo code 2400 to get in on the action and then you can turn game day into payday All season long. And the best part, take that 150 in free bets. There's big games every weekend, ones you'll have big opinions on, and you can get on your way. Play your way. Bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything, from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You name it. FanDuel's got more markets than anybody. You can even combine your bets for a chance of a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code 2400. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and up in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued non withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut one 1-80-9 with it in Indiana 1877 770 stop in Louisiana 877 8 hope ny or text hope ny 467369 in New York Tennessee Redline 1800 889 9789 in Tennessee 1800 522 4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia
4: Yeah it's been it's been fun to see and I think that's yeah that's a good example to bring up too because their wide receiver room despite the uh, draft capital and money they may have spent in it oh. has been a bit of a disappointment injuries notwithstanding but the ways they're using, you know, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and getting other players involved, you can tell that that's, you know, somebody that's really focused on that and not managing twelve thousand things in their mind like a head coach might have to do sometimes. So it's just a good example. And Dable was a great play caller in in mm-hmm. Buffalo, especially those last few years when he, you know, got uh, Josh Allen into Super Saiyan mode. But um, it, it's it's cool to see, and, and I'll be, you know, wanting to see if other head coaches maybe give up some of this stuff like, uh, Mm -hmm. Matt LaFleur in, uh, in green Bay, for example, or, (laughs) or, uh, you know, I think Kevin O'Connell still calling plays in Minnesota and some of their efficiency stats are a little bit stark versus their heavily scripted stuff versus when they get off of script and are are in the, how about Nathaniel
2: Hackett in, in, in Denver, right? Like another guy that by the way, wasn't a, wasn't a play caller in green Bay gets that job there. And then, you know, talk about a guy that maybe needs a little bit of help in the game management uh, situation. I know they hired like a game management specialist, but sometimes it's as simple as don't do the first thing.
4: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a lot of a lot of good test scenarios playing out in the NFL right now. And we'll have to see how the how the dust settles at the end of the season. And if these, uh, you know, guys that have passed off their play calling duties are are standing alive in the postseason while the others are looking in that that might uh, change some tunes.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's like I said, all all the time we get the lessons from like, and I feel like the Eagles are going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. They're definitely the best uh, NFC team right now. It feels like there's a tier of Kansas City, Buffalo, Philadelphia, uh, and that's it. Like in terms of the the teams we know for sure are good. And then everyone else kind of files in after that. The second thing is obviously back to the A.J. Brown point. I feel like if you are a team, you know, that has – and and Tyree kills another example of this, a, a quarterback that you're not a hundred percent sold on I, Jalen hurts. I don't think they were um, sold on. Um, I don't think the, obviously the dolphins were a hundred percent sold on to it's like, let's go figure it out by adding like a great pass catcher to this rotation. And then obviously the talking point in the offseason was hey, wait the Eagles have to move on from Jalen hurts they have a great uh, ecosystem that is ready and willing to welcome a veteran quarterback or a young rookie or whatever. I I'm really fascinated for teams. Like all of these guys that are coming up in 2021, you know, that were drafted that year, Zach Wilson, that's a whole nother conversation, but like Justin Fields, great example in Chicago or, you know, new England, Mac Jones. Like I think they'll end the year without being a hundred percent sure. Uh, even Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars, like they're not going to be I think they will be pretty sold, but they won't be a hundred percent sold. So will those teams sort of copy that mold too? It's like, let's go get a AJ Brown type or a Tyree kill type. Those aren't available every year, but there was like 50 of them available last year.
4: Yeah. It's the Eagles are a great example of that where, cause you said there's lots of times indecision and like the jets have loaded up a little bit and we've seen more warts maybe with Zach Wilson than we wanted to, and that might give them more of the information they need. But With the Jalen Hurts thing, you know, they push their chips in the tables. Like, if he can't succeed with Smith, Goddard, Brown, then then there's no doubt we can feel good moving on. You know, the Jags, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, there's some Mm. pieces. But, like, and, you know, Lawrence has had his his issues this year and, uh, you know, throughout his career thus far. But we haven't given him a weapon. Look at what happened with Tua when you gave him Waddle and Hill all of a sudden. The Dolphins probably feel a lot better even in spite of his deficiencies, having a play caller and a system and the players to suit that for their quarterback. So I, I think it'd be fun to see more teams make these types of moves. You know, the Bills did it back in the day, getting Stefan Diggs a bit too. Right. So it's it's gonna be fun if if more teams that have those quarterbacks on the cusp try to make these moves and we see what happens. But also we're spoiled right now. Mostly all of these moves have worked out. I would have hated it, you know, if Tyreek Hill and everybody else moved and then just were trash because their offenses or the quarterbacks couldn't sustain them.
2: Maybe Devontae Adams in a little bit of that spot right now, you know. But that's like that's different though, because Derek Carr just like is is what he is. Like we don't expect him, you know, Devontae Adams not going to come in there and elevate Derek Carr. We know who Derek Carr is, or at least we should have all agreed about that coming into this year. But with guys like Hertz and Tua there is like theoretical upside. And I think for the next group of guys, you could honestly argue that um, the 49ers have already done this. They've already made that move. Like where they've now they've got McCaffrey, they've stacked the deck. Um, they secured Debo long-term. They still have Ayuk on a rookie contract. Like, I don't know George Kittle obviously is on a contract extension, but we'll see. They're, they're certainly going to have to look at their books. But at some point, like if Trey Lance can't walk into this and I know it's like, we're talking about Trey Lance. He's on, IR he's not playing this whole year I assume like they're still gonna probably turn things over to Trey Lance next year and it's like well if he can't walk in and day one be good with this group like forget it it's probably over but I feel like Fields is the most interesting one because I don't know who the guy they would get in the offseason is but he's certainly turned his season around to a degree and now you drop like a number one receiver like on the come up in this group he would certainly look a lot better
4: Yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain to think of who would even be available to go to uh, Chicago. I haven't done a a good look at contracts and, you know, 2023 free agents yet, but they clearly need some help. And they've been it's been encouraging as like a general football fan to see what they have done the last few weeks with fields. It's a little distressing as a Green Bay Packers fan to watch what they've been doing (laughs) with fields, but actually utilizing his absurd athleticism and getting him on the move and allowing him to run a little bit and the stresses that puts on the defense and the, the spaces that creates, I don't know why they were refusing to do that for the first five, six weeks of the season. But you know, that I, they, they, you and I were talking about before the show, the, the athletic football show with Robert Mays and Nate Tice. I was listening to that walking the dog and they were talking about how of that quarterback class, like fields has looked the best of late. Um, yeah. And he's doing it with like the least around him. I mean, he's throwing passes to Velas Jones and Equinemius St. Brown and, uh, Cole Komet, who people had high hopes for, but you know, he's, he's got Darnell Mooney there and he's got some good backs, but he's not, he's not slinging it to Tyreek (laughs) Jalen Waddle. So I would love to see from a general football perspective, them, them add some sort of talent. I'm not sure who it would be. They're getting the draft capital to make a trade now too, though, with the, the Roquan Smith move and the, you know, the Robert Quinn move earlier. So, um, we'll have to keep our eyes on that situation.
2: That's the thing. Um, after that whole barrage of, um, you know, DK Metcalf got a contract extension, Terry McLaurin, um, you know, AJ Brown, obviously when he got traded Debo Samuel, we just talked about even Deontay Johnson got the extension in Pittsburgh. Now that like receiver class, cause that draft class is all locked up the, the receivers for next year that are going to be free agents. It's like Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark, your boy, Randall Cobb, uh, your boy, Alan Lazard, uh, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster, like those are the names that are coming up now. And um, the only guy, uh, you know, even Cole Hardman, like that's, that's like your ooh, young, promising guy, maybe. I don't know. Sammy Watkins, we're going to do that thing again. So, yeah, it's not a good free agent class. Like the key will be is there any receiver that gets like disgruntled? Like a, or, or like the contract extension talk breaks down like it did with A.J. Brown last year. But I'm not really sure there's – but that's the thing. We didn't think halfway through last season that A.J. Brown would be traded. We certainly didn't think like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams would get traded. So keep our minds open, I guess, is the lesson that this receiver market has taught us. Um, back to A.J. Brown and we'll we'll – yesterday really – like I said, it. I think that this move to Philadelphia elevates him in like the national standing because I thought coming into this year, AJ Brown is a top five receiver. AJ Brown has top five wide receiver talent because the separation ability, the reception perception stats we just mentioned, where he was second or third in success rate versus man. He's always been top five in success rate versus press. But also, in addition to the highlight reel moments, the yak opportunities, the contested catch ability. So.